Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. prayers and uh, just people that will purpose to take on assignments from God to say God we want to see you do some things what would you have us pray about in fact uh, God just convicted me of that just oh a matter of about a week ago I was just praying and it seemed as though in the moment as I was praying I was praying about me and mine and what I needed and talking to God about it and it just kind of stopped for a moment because I was realizing how I was praying and I said God wouldn't it be nice if I just simply asked you what you wanted me to pray, what do you want me to pray for you about? What's on your heart? And I thought, dear God, how many times that we are all about ourselves rather than just simply saying, God, what is it that you want me to pray for? I'll pray for something if you just ask me to, right? And so we're just talking, or we've been talking about prayer and just becoming people of prayer. Then we started talking about just the presence of God, how God leads us into his presence. And that by spending time in prayer, we begin to experience what we call the glory or the manifested presence of God. And where it's really just a tangible experience where God wants us to know him. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Meaning that that which is not seen can become evident in our life. He didn't say faith is the substance of things uh, uh, hoped for, the evidence of what you have as a reality. Meaning, well, it's just kind of this faith thing and hopefully one day we'll meet him if he's really real. No, he said as we purpose to have faith in our relationship with God, he can be experienced. He can be known. We can know his voice and become familiar with him. And then we connected that to the word of God where the word of God really begins to make known the voice of God. And begins to make that manifested in our life. To where the word of God is where we can apply our faith and say, God, you said it. That settles it. I believe it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so I want to continue with some of these things tonight. Just kind of taking a different turn. And as I was thinking, uh, just preparing this afternoon. You know, I just thought of so many people. And again, I, I mentioned that we're going to have a series coming up after Easter. Just kind of hitting... Hitting where people are, there's just some things that God's really been stirring in my heart concerning the heaviness of people's hearts. Being frustrated, being discouraged, being depressed, just existing in life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I believe that, man, there's just so many people in life that go through the motions. I mean, I can remember there was a time in my life where I was just in my early 20s. And I wasn't serving God. I was kind of just sowing my wild oats. I was just kind of being rebellious. And just coming to that place in my life where I was so discontented, thinking, what have I done with my life? Everybody else is moving on. They're going to college. And here you are just stuck in a rut. You know what I mean? Just frustrated with life. And finally, I got my life right with God and just began to pursue his purpose and plan. But I believe so many people live that way today, just existing. And even before they get out of the morning or get out of the door in the morning as they go to their workplace or whatever it is that they're doing, they're all ready to go back to bed because it's like, dear God, is this going to be a crummy day today? I just can't wait to go back to sleep and sleep for another eight hours. 
Because all it's going to be is another day of the same old, same old. Right? And I believe so many people are in that rut of just not being fulfilled. Not being satisfied. Hurting in life saying, isn't there more? And if this is all there is, then what is the worth to live for? And so... I believe that God desires for us to truly experience life with a passion, with a purpose. And I don't believe that we'll ever truly find that passion for life until we find our purpose. And so if you will, turn over to Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And we'll begin in verse 29. Luke 18, verse 29. And Jesus is speaking here. And he said to them, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who shall not receive many times more in this present age and in the age to come eternal life mark's gospel says this he said those that have left house mother wife children for my sake will receive in this life a hundredfold houses lands family children and what he's saying he says that all of us in fact i could i could say it this way all of us, if we are working, if we're going to school, if we're simply living life, we all leave our home to go somewhere, right? You get up in the morning and you go to work. Maybe you get up and you go to school. Whatever it is that you, you leave your home, you leave your children, you leave your spouse, your family, you leave to go do something. But what is it that we're tending or typically leaving to go do? In our thinking, we're, we're leaving our lives to go make a living, right? Isn't that typically what we think? I'm leaving the house, I'm getting up in the morning, and I'm going to work for somebody to make them rich. And hopefully at the end of the week, I'll get my paycheck. And I'll get my paycheck and I'll just keep on squeaking by. And I'll spend that paycheck to make the bills. And at the end of that paycheck being spent, I've got two pennies to rub together. And we get into this grind and this rut of life of it's difficult, it's hard. And what's it worth? I just keep doing the same thing over and over. I get up, I go to work. I get up, I go to work. I get up, I go to work. And maybe if I'm lucky, I got a weekend that I can enjoy. Maybe we'll go up north or whatever it might be. But it's the same old grind. But Jesus said, if you'll get up and leave your family and leave your home for my sake, for the kingdom's sake. He said, when you change your perspective and you go about doing kingdom business. He said, when you leave with the right heart and the right motive. He says, I will return in this life a hundredfold which you've left. 
you've left or the, the way of thinking is, is I've left my home so that I can provide for my home and take care of my home. But when we purpose to have the right mentality and the right thinking and understanding, I've got purpose as to the reason I'm leaving my home and leaving my family. It's not the purpose of just going to work a job. I'm on kingdom business. I'm on an assignment. I have a purpose as to where I'm going. You say, well, what does that mean? I might be swinging a hammer. I might be working behind a computer at a desk. No, there's somebody there that doesn't know Jesus. And the whole reason that you're there is to be on kingdom assignment to tell them about Jesus. And if you'll think that I'm there for a reason, that there is a purpose, and you wake up with an agenda, God, what would you have me do today? And it might simply be love on that person that you work next to. Well, if you only knew how unlovable they were, you wouldn't be telling me that. They are just a pain in the rear. They're just mean-spirited. I just don't like them. I'm only a buy them because I have to be buy them because we work in the same place. And God says, okay, well, there's your assignment then. Work on your love walk. Just begin to love on them. Right? And so you might say, that's just really hard. That, that's my purpose? Yep, that's your purpose. Work on your love walk. I remember when the same place in, uh, when I was working for GM down in Livonia there, there was this woman that was just a big mouth woman and would tell you what she thought even if you didn't ask for it. And I tell you, it just really grinded me because I just kind of have trouble with those kind of people because if they want to tell you, then I got something to say back to you. You know, that's kind of my personality, you know. And so she was just always that way and I just really struggled with her. I'm like, God, I said, I'm going to let her have it one of these days. And then God says, well, why don't you let her have it? Why don't you really let her have it and let her have love? I'm like, really? So I purpose to start praying for the woman. And I purpose to start liking her. And I purpose to start loving her. Do you know that by the time that I left that place, she was one of my most favorite people? And we got along real good. She still was her big mouth self. She was still. But when it came to me, I just loved her. She was awesome. Why? Because it changed my heart. Right? So once, once again, what are you leaving your house for? What's your purpose? What's your agenda? What's God's plan and purpose for your life? And I'm convinced that so many people live their life not knowing their purpose. And because they don't know their purpose or never found out what God's desire was for them as, to, as they were to leave their house... They leave their life or live their life being discontented because it's the rut. It's the routine. I left my house. I do the job. I left my house. I do the job. And what do I have to show for it? Here's a good question for you. When's the last, when's the last time that you led somebody to Jesus? When's the last time that you shared the gospel and led somebody to Jesus? And they're going to heaven. They've escaped hell because of you. When's the last time? Can you even think of it? Or better yet, have you ever? Have you ever led somebody to Jesus? Because you see, that's your purpose. That's your call. Now once again, it might be in time. You realize you don't win the world in a day. It might just simply going be going to work and loving on somebody. And God might have you loving on that person for a year. And then because you've built that relationship, all of a sudden, it opens up the door. And you open up the door and you share a little bit. And then you share a little bit. And then before you know it, they're like, well, how come you're being so kind to me? Or, or what are you doing this Easter? Well, I'm going to church and we have a great time. Would you like to come? You know what? I just think I might come. 
And so if we go to work with the right mentality, I am on kingdom business today. Everything that we once thought we were leaving the home for, everything that we thought we were leaving our family for, God begins to turn that around and begins to prosper us and increase us in the things that we thought we were working for. But really, all we were doing is really being on ministry assignment. Are you here tonight? You know, I think about Sharon. She works at a... uh, You still work there, right? All right. She works at a school for handicapped children. And she talks about her heart for those children. How she prays for them and loves on them. And purposes just to see God move in their life. That's her ministry or one of her ministries. She's not just going there to to work a job. I mean, she's told me how hard it is. And I'm thinking, man, at your young age, I wouldn't be doing that. Purpose how I see how I said that, right? <laughs> but what does she do? She goes there and exerts energy and, and does some physical things just to simply love on those kids because that's part of her ministry. Come on. Every single one of us have a purpose in life. Do you know what that purpose is? Amen. All right, concerning your purpose in life, as I said, when we find our purpose and begin to live life with that objective, Jesus said, God returns back to your life a hundredfold. You know, I had this young man just the other day. I've been working with him. He used to go to, to our first church years ago. And he's been going through some hardships as of late. And so he's been getting together with me and talking back and forth. And here's one of the things that he said to me. He said, I don't know why it is that we have to work. He said, working just seems like such a waste of time. He says, you know, you want to spend time with your family. You want to spend time with your kids. You want to do things, but you always got to be working. What's it worth? Well, obviously, he showed his immaturity in some of the things that he was saying. But one of the things that he was saying is like, life ought to be about spending it with family and doing life together. Well, God said, if you'll purpose to have the right objective when you leave your house, God will see to it that you have the time, the resources, the energy, the ability To have everything that you desire that you thought you were going to work for in the first place. Amen. All right, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Continuing with this line of thinking. You know, we've been having morning prayer at 6 o'clock here. Uh, We're going to be doing it for the next three weeks. And so as we were here praying just this morning... I began to pray, and I've been praying for you guys, uh, the Ephesian prayers, for a long time. But just this morning as I was praying these Ephesian prayers for you, God showed me something that I'd never seen before. And I thought, God, that is just really awesome. And so I'm talking about you finding your purpose. Now, understand what I'm talking about. That may not mean pulpit ministry. That might simply be going and doing what you do, but having the right heart and the right objective In doing what you do. But here's what he says here. Paul's praying for the church. And he says this in verse 17. He says, I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he says, I'm praying that you begin to know Jesus more and more. Then he says this in verse 18. 
that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Or the Amplified says that your eyes would be flooded with light. Well, what's he talking about? That you would have spiritual enlightenment. That you would be able to see and understand some things about God's heart. He says that, you, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. That you may know. So he's saying enlightened to what? In, enlightened to what? To have your eyes open to what? That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Of his calling. Well, what's his calling? His calling to you. Now, he's already praying for the church, so they've already received the calling of salvation. So what's the calling? Your calling, your purpose. I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and open and flooded with light as to what his calling or purpose is for your life. You see, God doesn't want us just to exist living life day to day in the right and routine. He wants you to know and find fulfillment as to who you are and what his call is. And then he says, not only that, he says, not only do I want you to have your eyes open to know what your calling is. He says, but what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So he says, there is an inheritance that belongs to you. But as I was reading that, there was something else that I saw. Because as a child of God, there are specific inheritances or promises that each and every one of us have. They're irrevocable. They belong to you. They're not automatic because we have to appropriate faith to receive them. But that also tells me that there is an inheritance that is connected to your call. So I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and open to your purpose. And therefore, according to you stepping into your purpose, there's an inheritance that comes up alongside to meet your calling. Right? And then he goes on to say this in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also that which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of the church over all things to the church verse 23 which is his body the fullness of him who fills all and all. All right, so let me just say a couple things there. He said, it's this same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at a place far above principalities and powers. And uh, chapter 2, verse 5 says, that's where you and I are seated. seated. I always say that wrong. We are seated together with him in heavenly places, far above the enemy. But if... That is also connected to my call. Then that must mean that there are certain opportunities that the enemy has in your life. When you don't step into your call. Because the Bible says that the gifts and the call are irrevocable. They're without repentance. Meaning if God's got a purpose for your life. Until you die and go to heaven. You still got a purpose. You won't lose that purpose. It don't matter how old you are. The purpose that he assigned your life when you were born into this world is the same assignment that you died with. You may say, well, how does that open up my life to the enemy? 
you realize that there is the sin of commission and there's the sin of omission. What's the difference? The sin of commission is the sin that I commit willingly and knowingly. The sin of omission is the sin that I don't know, that I just don't do nothing with. And therefore, by default, it becomes sin. You following me? You realize that you not stepping into your call, into your purpose, and finding the true plan of God for your life is not a basis where we can claim ignorance. Say, God, I never knew. When we stand before God, he's going to say, did you know my purpose and the plan that I had for your life? Did you know all the inheritance and all the provision and all the supply that was attached to that purpose and that design for you? But you never stepped into it. You lived in a rut. You felt sorry for yourself. You blamed everybody else when you had every opportunity to just ask me and say, what's my purpose? Amen? Are you tracking with me? Because you got to understand that. See, there are things that God has for you. And if you never step into that, it opens up a crack to the enemy. I'm not saying he can't take you out or that he'll take you out as a result. I'm just saying there is, there's avenues by which we give open opportunity to the enemy. And one, some of that is just pure ignorance on our part, right? But God doesn't want us ignorant. And then at the very end there it says this. In verse 23, which is his body, speaking of us, that, that is the fullness of him who fills all in all. So to be filled is to say that we're full in all. What's all? All. In all and all. So in other words, when we begin to step into that purpose, God says, I open up the heavens to pour into your life. What you thought you were leaving home for, To make a living when you change your objective to be about kingdom business and have the right mentality and approach. God says, I will increase you and make sure that there's a supply for you to make sure you can do everything that you need to do in life. Amen. How many of you know that God doesn't want us to fulfill his purpose and hate it the whole time? How awful that would be. I mean, how many of you have ever been shipwrecked? You ever been beaten? You ever been left for dead? You ever been put in prison? No? None of you? Paul was, and he said this. He said, I've learned how to enjoy where I'm at. I've run my race. Come on. He faced more opposition and hardship than you can even think about having in your little pinky toe. And we're bawling and squalling. Oh God, where are you at? And Paul says, he meets all my needs. He takes care of me. Why? Because he had the right heart, the right mentality. Amen? All right. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs. You doing okay? Just give you a couple more things here. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. He doesn't want you to be ignorant. 
He wants you to know your purpose. He wants you to know your design and your destiny. And it says here in verse 14, he says, Counsel is mind, sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign, and rulers decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles. And the judges of the earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. It's wisdom that is speaking. And that's wisdom is actually the Holy Spirit. But he says if you'll seek wisdom. You'll find me. He said it's wisdom. That kings and rulers lead. Well what do you lead? Do you lead a, a, a room full of empty nothing? No you lead people right? So their purpose, their design was to influence and lead people, right? What's your purpose? What do you leave home for because of the children and the family that you're leading? What are you going to work for? Because there's a ministry, there's kingdom business there of people that you're purposing to love and minister to, right? So you need wisdom. You need wisdom to know how to do it. You need to, know, need, need to have wisdom to know what it is that you are to do. And then it says, when you find wisdom and seek wisdom to know what your purpose is, he says, you'll find it. And then notice what it says here. Come on, this ought to just make you shout. It says in verse uh, 18, it says, when you find it, it says, riches and honor will be with me. Who's me? Wisdom. And then he goes on to say, enduring riches and righteousness are right standing with God. When what? When you seek to find wisdom and understanding and revelation to the call of your life. And when you step into the call and the purpose, the inheritance, the riches, the necessities, the supply is right there hand in hand. Oh, if we could just purpose to pursue God and stop struggling to try to gain the world. God says, I made the world for you in the first place. Everything is yours. That's what it's for. Amen? Amen. Now I'll close with this. How is it that we seek wisdom? Simply purposing to ask God. Talk to God. Talking to God is simply just prayer, right? And so yesterday morning I was here. And this has happened oftentimes. And God has spoken to me about this at different times before. But as I was praying yesterday, God was showing me some things just about ministry and just some things that God's endeavoring to lead us to do this year in ministry for the church. And it's beyond us, naturally speaking. But as I'm praying about kingdom business, when I get over into his presence and I start getting wisdom and direction from him... It seems so easy. The reason being is because I left the place of home. I left the place of family to go to a place to pray. And I'm in his presence. And it's in this place that it's easy. When God tells you something in this place. It's like, yeah, all things are possible with you, God. And I started to laugh. 
And the reason that I was laughing is because I was, I was saying to the, God, to the Lord when I was praying and I was seeing it. And I'm like, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. And as I'm saying, yeah, and I start laughing, I said, God, it all seems so possible here in this place. It all seems so easy here in this place. And he said, the reason that it's easy here in this place is because you see from where I see. And he says, I show it to you here in this place from a spiritual place so that when you get to the natural place, you can say what you saw in the spiritual place. And if you'll say what you saw in the spiritual place, you will see in the natural what you saw there in the spirit. Because in there is where the inheritance is. And I bring it with me. So what do I do? I purpose to seek wisdom. I purpose to seek God's purpose for my life. Life begins to take on meaning. Life begins to be fun. Come on, I'm telling you. I've been in a place in my life at different times where I'm doing the work of God. But I'm not enjoying the relationship with God or the work of God. It's just going through the motions. I'm telling you, when you're walking with God and you're pursuing God's purpose and plan for the right plan, when you're doing things for God because it's what He wants to done, uh, what what He wants done, if you'll do it for His purpose, you'll see that you enjoy things a whole lot more. A life has meaning. Amen. Let's stand. what I was trying to say is you'll see in your life the things that you want because you want them for the same reasons that God wants them so we're aligning our purpose our intent our desires with his call and when you want the same things that God wants for the same reason that God wants them. That's when the increase comes. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the individuals that are here tonight. Whether it's a big crowd or a small crowd, God, I thank you that the right people are here at the right time. God, if there's anyone here that's under the sound of my voice that has found themselves saying, life is hard, life is a grind, I'm in a rut. God, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That God, we would begin to seek the wisdom of God to find our purpose. And as we do, you said that you would return a hundredfold into our life everything that we've ever desired. So I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing these next few days of this week. And all of us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life. Thank you.